little James Brown. This is a man's world, as in Tay Mans of Duluth Denfeld promises to be a big factor. Probably will be if Denfeld has any success today. Hunters and Hawks from Duluth Denfeld, 2 o'clock kickoff. It'll be me and John Carlson on the call. Should be a fun one. We're always having fun on the Northland Sports page. Can't have any without our sponsors. Absolutely. Let's start with Comfort Systems, Kohler Hyundai, and Kohler Toyota. Pier B Resort, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, including Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater Downtown, Two Harbors, Proctor, and London Road, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, OAR Holdings, Hoop Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio, and his birthday. Absolutely. 42 for Ryan Arola yesterday. I'll tell you what, I grew up with Ryan Arola and Eric Lofault. Spent a lot of times at Wade and Wheeler watching our fathers play slow pitch. In fact, I know at least two of three of us and probably all three eventually played slow pitch together as well. So we go back a lot of years here and it's a big one for Duluth Denfeld, probably for the first time in a lot of years. And Eric Lofault is with us to talk about today's duel with the Hawks. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. How are we doing? How are we doing on this semifinal Saturday? What's the mentality like? Everybody's talked about excited to play. Having that bias, it felt like you've been waiting forever to get back out and hit somebody else. Oh, for sure. I, it, like Mike said, you know, there's good things and bad things about, you know, having to wait. But, um, you know, we got a little extra time to rest. We got a, an opportunity to watch Rockridge and Hermantown. And then, you know, we get to get to work on Wednesday, and, and then it's a regular week from there. So when they're ready to play, they're kind of chomping at the bit. So I talked about what's the mentality like for Hermantown. They've got a bit of revenge on their minds. Mike said they're ready to play. You guys have that chip on your shoulder pretty much all year because there's still been that label of, you know, it's Duluth Denfeld. They've only won a handful of games over the last half decade or so. But this team is different, mm-hmm. yet they're the favorite on paper and by seed. But I got a feeling your kids aren't acting that way. Yeah, it's a prove-it game, 100%. Uh, uh, we haven't been in this situation a, a lot. We're usually uh, packing up the locker room around this time. And so to be playing meaningful football uh, this time of year is exciting, but it's also a chance to prove that we um, that we are for real, uh, that this team is as, as good on paper uh, as people say they are. Um, so, yeah, I definitely a prove-it game for these guys. Hey, Coach, um, when Brian and I did your game against uh, Hermantown, one of the things that really stood out was the speed of your pass rush uh, because it got there early and really kind of messed up the Hermantown uh, game. And then Hermantown started to throw screens at you, right? And so how, yeah. how as a defense that's predicated on speed, speed and pressure, handle things like misdirection, screens, things in that order, draw plays? Yeah, just a ton of discipline, Dave. I mean, it really is as simple as that. I mean, you can get after the quarterback. You can, you can do all those things. Oh, I heard the loss of connection <laughs> with Eric Lofault. Doing. I hope he's willing to call us back because uh, we were getting into the nitty gritty there, and I was about to ask him. You know, everybody's ready to prepare for Tay Mans. How much of Deshaun Moore, Daquan Moore, and Luke Pearson are we going to see? Just to go against the grain on the game plan a little bit because everybody's anticipating one guy. Do you? Surprise them with the other, and now it's like time for two more. I'm taking phone calls live. Eric Lofold, I think we got you back. <laughs> All right. My my athletic director called me, and obviously he doesn't know that I'm doing radio, Brian. I mean, come on. 
I know we got to get Tom um, Pearson. Your, very important call. We, we got to get off. we got to get Tom Pearson your uh, media schedule. He's got to know how popular yeah. his coach is. So yeah. please please continue I, your thought on the defense. Yeah, yeah, just discipline, Dave. You know, we we I think we can we can do all the things we want to do. We we can use our speed and just we got to stay disciplined. Um, uh, gap gap control, all those things, um, and then situational football. Like I we you know have done a lot of um, scouting and and we feel like. It's not like you can tell they're going to run a screen, but there are certain situations where you're you're calling the defense a little bit differently because that screen might be coming, so or I'll that counter, or that misdirection. Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and ask the question that I started to ask as we lost you there, and kind of asked to transition back into you. But your bumper music was "This Is a Man's World" by James Brown because Tay Mans has been that good. But at the same time, we know Mike Zagelmeyer included that coaches are game planning to stop him. Now, to be fair, nobody really has. But how much of Deshaun, Daquan, and even Luke are you going to mix in? Because they might send eleven guys after jersey number thirty-three. Yeah, you know, um, you kind of dare them to a little bit uh, because we do. We are so deep at, at the running back position, and those guys can play anywhere on the field. To be honest with you, they can they can split out, and so being able to have all of those guys on the field at the same time in certain situations. Um, I think takes the pressure off. You, I mean, how can you not pay attention to Deshaun and Daquan and even Luke? Like, if you lose track of Luke, you guys said it on the broad, you know, on our broadcast when you guys did our game. He's the forgotten guy, and if you forget about Luke, he's busting off a twenty-yard game. So, I mean, that's the luxury that we have is that if you are going to go all in with Tay, then we've got some other guys who can make plays. Just like you know, Mike said, they've got to be balanced with Peyton. And other guys got to step up. It's the same same deal. And and man, that's I think that's what what we've been really good at the last three or four weeks is you know when when Tay they're maybe overplaying Tay. That's when Deshaun has been able to to bust up a forty yard touchdown or Quan a twenty yard run or or Luke has hit hit a big one. So we talked to Mike about the health of his team because three games in ten days is a huge ask. I don't care what level of sports you're playing, but you've had time off. Yet I still feel like asking about the health of your team is a valid question. Last we saw you, Ben Bandy was hobbled towards the end. K.J. Pulliam was hobbled towards the end. Mace Brooks has taken shot after shot after shot, even though he plays on a team that prefers the run. I don't want you to give things away of how much somebody may or may not be playing, but if you had to gauge the overall health of your team off that bye, what would you tell me? Yeah, we're, not, we're at 90%. You know, we're going we're gonna to be limited in a, in a few spots with certain players uh, being able to go, but you know, I think we're going to have... Pre- you know, almost our full complement of, of guys that we've had around the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was joking with the guys. It's typically, you know, our, have been our uh, experience in the playoffs where we've been that six or five seed who's uh, gone toe to toe with a three or four seed and, and maybe come up short and sent just a, a, a bloody pulp of a, a team to a, a Hermantown or a Cloquet or a Grand Rapids and now it's it's our turn, and so we're just hoping we can reap the benefit of, of playing one less game in that amount of time. And so the rest, I think, will will, will be beneficial. Coach, I'm going to take you in a different direction. Last week, Brian yeah, sure. and I were able to talk to your assistant coach, uh, Tony O'Neill, the to-be head coach yeah. of the uh, of the Harbor Monsters. I'll get it right every time. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, Tony O'Neill as an assistant coach, and what do you see – uh, for him as a head coach coming up. Yeah, we call him Coach Jam because he obviously uh, coaches Jamrock. We have a, another coach, Tony, on the, on 
as our D coordinator. So Coach Jam just brings passion <clears throat> to, to the team. You know, when he joined us last year, um, he was, I think, a little uh, – what's the right word? Naive about Northeast Minnesota football. And, he, and he's, he's come from different parts of the country where football is played a little bit differently. So getting acclimated to the type of football that we play up here in the Northland and uh, but man, is he passionate? He's knowledgeable. He's really made a connection with the players. And so, you know, for for this, you know, hobby or profession or whatever you want to call coaching here, um, relationships I think are key. And he has done a tremendous job of building relationships um, with the entire team. Moving forward, like, what do I envision? You know, at the next level, I just told him, you know, and. Obviously, it's a completely different game and a completely different player. You know, you're coaching adults. But hopefully the same sort of principles that we've instilled as a staff here, open, you know, we like to communicate, um, highly relational, uh, person over player, um, growth mindset, all of the stuff that we've instilled in our culture is totally applicable to any, any, any sport at any level. <clears throat> and so I, my hope is that he brings that, to the Harbor Monsters, and then he just brings an exciting, you know, brand of football and, and has some experience in the Arena League. Um, and, and to bring that knowledge and bring that passion, it, it's exciting to see his kind of dream come true. Eric, I want to piggyback off that a little bit because Tony credited you in the way that this coaching staff functions with really kind of being an open forum that, yes, there's a head coach, that's you, but, you know, everybody's entitled to share an opinion and see ideas and, and be part of the game plan. I want to talk about your entire staff because you talked about relationships. I feel like I have a relationship with almost all of them. You know, Jack Shearer yeah. was part of my elementary school days. Matt Allen, I always yeah. joke about Matt Allen that you can't see that kid and not smile. I've never been with yeah. him and not smiled at some point. You've got a lot of good people that are part of your staff. How much credit do they all deserve? Oh, the man, all of it, to be honest. I mean, um, Jack has uh, forgotten more football than I'll ever know. Right. And, uh, and he coached, I mean, he coached the, the, the C, my senior year here at Denfeld. He was a C team coach. So I've known Jack my entire like football career and, um, coached with him when, when, on Frank's staff. He was, he was the first coach that I was paired up with at the JV level. And when I had an opportunity for him to come back home, uh, it was a no brainer. And, um, Matt was one of the first guys other than Dave and Tony Claus that, I brought in um, from specifically to bridge the gap um, with our uh, youth league because he had so much experience with the DGFL and um, he has been a game changer. I mean, his so day in and day out, whenever we need something, Matt's always there. He's been instrumental in uh, creating our booster club that now is two years old. That has just been a game changer. Uh, for our program, and I that I credit a lot of of what's happened the last two years with having the the money to buy new equipment and to uh, to get the stuff that these kids deserve to not only be competitive on the field but be competitive in a lot of other areas that, that schools with money are are able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just facilitate. I mean, I really I try to surround myself with people who know more than me and I'm not ashamed to say that. And, um, you know, I'm just a head coach now. I don't call plays anymore. Matt does that. And I think that's been a huge difference as well. Just freeing me up to do a lot of different things as the head coach and just trusting, uh, every coach on that sideline. 
It has been a great season for you. I want to talk about something that I talked about with Zags, but I'm interested in the different angle as the home team. And full disclosure, this has been two of the more difficult interviews with guys that we normally have very simple <laughs> conversations with because we're two and a half hours or so from game time. And yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to reveal anything knowing that the other person's listening. So a normally very laid back, very deep conversation has been kind of treading carefully. But at the same time, I have to ask what I asked Zags, but in reverse. You know, I said, you're taking a road trip if you're Hermantown, but that road trip is 10 minutes. Big deal, right? And he kind of said, yeah, it's all between the hash marks, what have you. And, you know, it's all between the ears as to how we have to play. Well, I can spin it the other way with the home team in a community that's been dying for big time football like this. I got to think you want that stadium, whatever you want to call it now. I call it the artist formerly known as PSS. I know it's Marv Hagen and Field <laughs> at Walt Hunting Stadium. I think I got it. But you're ready for that place to erupt today. I am. I uh, I just think back to, you know, the the glory days of, of PSS, and uh, when that when those stands would be packed for games like this, and uh, looking back to I I, I brought out a, a a newspaper clip from uh, from 1996 from my our senior year when we played Cloquet in the right. semifinal and I, you know 12, 1,200 people in the stands I'd expect just about that you know today uh i think hermantown's fan base is going to travel and i think we're going to show out i i my dad said uh he couldn't go he's been kind of harassed at the grocery store with you know and at church and, and all the places that he goes with the excitement in the community for this this club and that's all we ever really wanted was just to make this community proud and you know to give them a chance to cheer and 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 to experience some things that we haven't experienced around here a long time and and with that comes a little bit of pressure, you know, but I, I would, I, there's no place I'd rather play today than, than the Walt. It and, is going to uh, be, a, oh, the Walt. I got to christen that on the radio today. As We're, we're, we're going to have it for you at 2 o'clock. You have to enunciate because the Walt is a tool. The yeah. Walt, yes, yeah. the yeah. Walt. The Walt. Absolutely. So in response to your dad, he deserves a little bit of guff though once in a while because I'll tell you this, and, and we should just let him know, even though radio is not a visual medium, he was very proud of me when we did your Grand Rapids game because he even got the East grad to wear maroon to the game. Today, <laughs> with Denfeld Hermantown, I got to go neutral. I'm wearing gray. You can yeah. decide which one of the 50 shades, but I'm wearing gray. Dave has another question. Go ahead. I don't even know how to follow yeah. that up, Eric. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, I, I guess know Dave will be wearing maroon and gold. Dave will be wearing Dave won't blue be there. and yellow. You're stuck with John Carlson and, and myself. At yeah. a volleyball game, 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, I guess the way I wanted to finish this, Coach, is less of a question, more of a statement. Um, Brian and I have said since the first day of this program that Duluth is a much better sports town if the players in West Duluth are successful as well. And um, this game today, regardless win or loss, has been outstanding for town, right? I mean, yeah. your kids and you and the program have really – uh, made athletics in in Duluth this fall even more fun than they normally are. So this is a a congratulations and a kudo and where to, way to bring this team up from where it was to where it is now. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Eric, good luck today again. Two o'clock to kick off Hunters and Hawks round two in ten days. Denfeld got the last one thirty one twenty nine. Are you expecting a lower scoring game with the adjustments you both can make? No, no. We go in shootout I, style I, I, again. Yeah. Well, I'd like for their I'd I'd like for their score to be a little lower, but I I mean I think we have the capacity, and I think you know I think we got to put up at least twenty eight points to to have the you know a, to get a dub. I really do. I don't think it's going to be a defensive battle 
in the sense of uh, I, I just think we're too explosive. They, they can they can be explosive if 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 we can handle their their explosive plays. I'd expect to score, but um, so I, I'd expect a shootout if anything. It will be intriguing. That'll one team fun. that loves to pass, one team that nobody's better at running the football, and two defenses that love to fly around. I'm really excited to be on these airwaves in just over two yeah. hours and kick it off at two. I will see you then, and good luck, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Good that luck, is our Coach. guy, Eric Lofald. He even had to call us twice to get things going there. The beauty of cell phones and the beauty of his AD, Tom Pearson, bothering him on a Saturday morning. But he led us, and that's what counts. Going to be a fun one at the Walt this it, afternoon. It is going to be a fun one. I'm a little jealous for you and John. It will be fun. Two o'clock, the kickoff on these airwaves. Pre-game can be anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes prior. Sometimes we just don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of excitement today, so we'll talk as much about it as we can. But I tell you what, we've covered Hermantown. We've covered Denfeld. Time to give Duluth East some love, too. Why? Because the NBA kicked off this week and an NBA draft pick that went to Duluth East. Rick Rickard joins us next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Back on the Northland Sports page, little Ricky Martin living La Vida Loca. In just a few minutes, we go from Ricky Martin to Rick Rickard as it's Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are living the crazy life here on the Northland Sports page with lots of guests today. We're not able to live this crazy life without our crazy great sponsors. That is fact, Brian. Let's start with Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, Arola Architecture Studio, the official studio of birthdays this week, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, and the Blackwoods Group, including London Road, Proctor, Two Harbors, Tavern on the Hill, and Blackwater. And I have a quick story about Blackwater, Brian. All right. So my sister's in town because mom had some stuff, and I don't want to go to everything, so she gets to go. Fair enough. And um, I think that's why my sister never comes to town. <laughs> she had, she had uh, went to a restaurant with mom and had a martini. Had a lemon drop martini. Nice. And called me, and he, she said, I thought Duluth had a martini place. This is awful. And I said, well, we do. You need to go downtown to Blackwater and see what you think. And so they called me from there and said, oh, yeah, good call. Fantastic. This is the martini bar in town. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. In fact, after Denfeld Hermantown football today, I'm still pondering the idea of it might be time for one for me as well. But after the game, of course, because we after. got a big one, 2 o'clock on these airwaves, Denfeld Hermantown for a spot. But you're not driving. In John's the Section driving. 7 for a final. But as we started the show with the NBA season kicking off, our favorite NBA insider, is the loose only NBA draft pick that we know about, and that's Mr. Rick Rickard. He joins us now by phone. Good morning, sir. Rick Rickard, how are you? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Always great to talk to you. It's going well. Now, the Timberwolves are 0-1, and they showed a lot of Timberwolves-esque play from a year ago, and that was the problem. But there's 81 of these left. Did you catch any of the Wolves on Wednesday? And what do you make of year two with Rudy Gobert? But to borrow a phrase from P.J. Fleck, this might be year one, because as far as the Gobert... Towns combo they played what 20 30 games a year ago yeah well I mean when you consider um you know Carl Anthony Towns you know he, he missed what 50 some games last year right so it's uh, um yeah this is probably th- this year is going to be a good indicator of what that duel is actually going to look like I mean you ca- you kind of have to in some ways you have to give him a pass I know we don't like to do that because <laughs> it's uh professional sports but you you almost have to because they didn't get like a fair um, shot at it last year in in some regards. So hopefully you know, looking at the roster, I mean they've got they've got some great uh, great talent, great guys. Um, so hopefully they can do well. I mean I, I'm expecting big things from them this year. Um, 
better than last year anyway. But uh, I don't know. Well, you got a guy like Mike Conley. I mean, uh, just a veteran who is just a solid player. I know he's getting up there in age, but you know he's still he's still going to be a locker room leader, and that's that, that's you know part of it right there to you know pass on your knowledge to the young guys. I think he will be a big part of what they do. We are talking Timberwolves with former Timberwolves draft choice Rick Rickard, also former Gopher and former Duluth East Greyhound. I want to go back to the Greyhounds because today and right now as we speak at the Duluth East Gym is the David K. David Katoski three-on-three tournament. Now, I know you knew Kyle, which David, Kyle was a nephew of David's, and of course, Kelly Katoski mm-hmm. is Dave's son, so it's honored for the late, great David Katoski, but it's a three-on-three tournament at Duluth East. Now, let's say that Rick Rickert was playing in said three-on-three tournament. I'm going to give you a pigeonhole of a roster. You can either take two <laughs> East teammates you had or two East legends, because I want your dad to be eligible, but who are you taking in your three-on-three group? Oh, I've got to, I've got to take my own teammates. I've got to take my own teammates just, you know, based on uh, chemistry. And All right, you know, so, so you're one of them. What two teammates are you taking? No pressure. Oh my gosh! Wait, don't I get wait? Don't I get more than two? You, don't I get a sub I'll, at I'll, least? I'll give you one bench guy. Sure. <laughs> okay, so I get to pick three. Okay, um, uh, you know this is in no particular order, and you know it's it's very difficult for me to actually choose uh, because there's so many yeah. great ones. But um, I would have to go with uh, uh, Luke Marsalek. Um, Greg Anderson and Ryan Crane. I thought That's Crane might make it because I was like, you know what? You need a floor general because right now you got two big time shooters, and you, not that you're not a big time shooter, but yeah. you might be on the inside by yourself in that group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and and you know what? We had we had some good we had some good players, so I could have picked anybody yeah. anybody on my team. And uh, that would have been great for a three-on-three tournament. Well, I even thought about if I just took East Legends, do I want Diami, you, and Corey? But then Andy Strumman's not playing. Your dad's not playing. Rockney's not playing. Johnny Woodard's not playing. Josh Quigley. That would be hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's 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 a long list of good of good players. So. It's kind of an embarrassment of riches. That's not a bad thing. I think that's what the Timberwolves hope they have when it comes to their depth and their bench. You talked about some of the big-time starters. How important do you think depth is becoming in the NBA? Because it looks like the sport that can thrive on one guy, whether it was the MJs, the LeBrons, Kobe, what have you. There's a lot of one-guy identity teams, but I feel like that's changing. Yeah, you know, you're starting to get get away from that superstar – 90s and early 2000s there like like when you think about Jordan and you think about Kobe you think about LeBron um and even KD to a certain extent um you're getting I mean there's a lot of great players and um now now that you, there there's these super teams that are created like it started back in 2010 when LeBron went to Miami to team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh you're starting to see a lot more of that right now so there's not there's not as much of the one dimension superstar team. You know, you're having a more well rounded, you know, big superstar, you know, mega team. Uh, which, you know, love it or hate it, that's kind of where, where it's going. So, um, I don't know. I think you're yeah. That's uh all part of the evolution of the game. I mean, you got the big guys you know, stepping out and shooting the three a heck of a lot more than they did in the 90s. And obviously Shaq was no three-point shooter. 
No doubt about it. I actually wondered if you were just ahead of your time because you were a big man that could certainly shoot. Dave Cook, I want to go whatever direction you want to go because I know you've got a lot of NBA questions, but with Rick and I both having the Duluth East lineage, I hogged the three-on-three topic. I think you wanted to go Gophers with it. Well, I, want, I, I wanted to go after high school, but speaking of Gophers, I think where we should start is, is Rick, uh, your Gopher uh, lineage has been struggling over the last couple of, uh, a couple of years, and I wonder if, one, you have any contact with Ben about what's going on, and two, just what are your opinions on Gopher basketball currently? Um, one, I haven't, I, I've talked to Ben very infrequently. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years now at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, um, the state of gopher basketball is, is actually a little bit shocking to me considering that they have this huge, huge, um, I don't know. It, it just seems like they have this huge, um, presence in college basketball, especially in the big 10. And you, you have trouble recruiting top tier talent to a, a city like Minneapolis. Yes. I find that very, very hard to believe. I mean, I've been to all of the, well, maybe not all of them now because the big 10 has expanded. I was but, say the big 10 is getting closer to the big 20, but go ahead. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, but I've got, um, you know, when I was there, all the cities I went to, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, these cities are cool in their own right. But I mean, nothing compares to Minneapolis so far. I mean, you know, you got what Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> I mean, uh, per, you know, <laughs> Lafayette. You know, it's yeah. not it's it's not even comparable. So I mean, the fact that you have a difficulty recruiting to that, um, yeah, and, and the and the uh, basketball in the cities is unreal, and and you're struggling keeping mm-hmm. those guys home. It is, and I want to go a different direction too because. Back when you were committing to the Gophers, you know, after the Arizona announcement, back then the mm-hmm. NLI was the biggest deal. A national letter of intent, wherever somebody was going, was the bigger deal. Now you flip the initials around. I feel like the NIL is a big deal. Name, image, mm-hmm. likeness is becoming a crazy part of college sports, no matter what the sport. A lot of people think it's ruining it. Other people think it's the right thing to do. What's your take on that? Because college football, basketball, pick a sport, the landscape is changing significantly. Well, it's it's a, it's a mixed bag. You got, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, really. I mean, you've got you've got the name licensing agreement on on one end, and you know the younger players are like, yeah, well, I want to be compensated. And nowadays, you you feel like you need to compensate these players to a certain extent in order to keep them around, um, because if you don't, they're either going to go to some place where they're getting illegal money under the table. Or, um, you know, well, that was that was during my area when people were doing that. But you know, no, you no way that happened. That, right? All right, moving on. <laughs> I didn't get any, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I think there's, yeah, I think it is ruining it to a certain extent. Uh, but at the same time, it was inevitable. You're not gonna. It wasn't gonna be something that. You, that the NCAA could keep because the NCAA was greedy. You know, they were, they were keeping people um, from making anything they had, you know, we, we spend a whole lot of time practicing and putting, you know, dedication into this team. And yeah, you get a scholarship. That's great. Not everybody has scholarship though. And they're putting that time in, they're putting that effort in. 
they get nothing other than, a, you know, maybe a practice jersey at the end of the year. You know, it's so it's uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm torn on it. I really am. I'm torn on it. I think on one level it's bad on one level. It's like, well, what did you expect? You know, you're giving them a couple free meals. That's it. You know, it, it just doesn't doesn't add up. I mean, the money's making a lot. I mean, the uh, the university's making a lot of money off these players. Certainly. A lot of money. Yeah, there should have been a balancing point in some way, shape, or form because earning nothing or getting a practice jersey, like you yeah. said, wasn't the answer, but where we're headed doesn't appear to be a right answer either. And, and, to, and to be clear, I don't have a good answer. Right. Uh, I, don't I don't think anybody does, solution, Rick, to be honest. But, yeah. So but I want to yeah, go back to... I would think it was inevitable. I do too. I want to go back to something you said about players going to different cities because you related it to college basketball. I think something can be said for the pros as well because I wanted to talk to you and I texted you this earlier this week when we lined this up. I texted you about Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee of all places. Now, Mm -hmm. I need to say I've never been to Milwaukee, so I mean no disrespect to the Milwaukee market at all. But he goes there. Giannis signs an extension there. I think that surprised a lot of people as far as the landscape of the NBA in general. But then the burning question is, those two together, Milwaukee already was plenty good. Is there anybody mm-hmm. that can beat this team? I think that's the burning question, even, you know, one, two games into most team season. You know, I think I think a lot of people overestimate when, you know, you have a superstar teaming up with another superstar. I think they automatically think, oh, my gosh, it's going to be up. How are they ever going to be beaten, you know? But there's still only one <laughs> ball. <laughs> there's still only one ball and it does, it does a lot of times come back to, you know, the chemistry and, you know, I'll bring it back to my Duluth East team. We had me and we had a bunch of very good players. Were they superstar division one players? No, they knew exactly what they needed to do to uh, help us be successful. I knew what I needed to do to help us be successful. And so, that's where the team aspect comes in. And I think, you know, when you have um, like LeBron James teaming up with uh, Lawrence Westbrook and Anthony Davis, you would think, oh, wow, well, you have uh, two former MVPs and, and Anthony Davis. How could they ever lose? And then they were mediocre at best. It was just kind of, eh. so I'm not, I'm not convinced yet until I actually see them play together but on paper mm, it looks like they're going to be pretty good so we'll see it certainly does but by that logic dave i understand why rick took the likes of luke marsalek and ryan crane versus you know opening it up to the legends and having Corey and diami or johnny woodard on that team because it's the one basketball theory even in three on three go ahead so that leads us into the the question that we were bouncing around before and that is let's take this three on three idea rick and let's take it out of high school uh, you've graduated now. You have your whole college and or professional career. Now you're picking three guys that you've played with. And I only said one that I thought I would guarantee that you'd have on your team. i got to see if I'm right. So get your two guys and a bench player out of high school. <laughs> out of, uh, like, okay, so so can this be just, is this just college? Nope. Or is this like nope, all throughout three my guys entire professional career? I was going to say, you've played with or played against. You could have played with them in Japan, New Zealand, in yep. the Big Ten, wherever. Yep. Oh, well, that, that's that's pretty easy. I'm taking, <laughs> if, I get, if I get a choice of anybody I play with, um, oh boy, gosh, there's so many good ones. He went from this is you easy to backpedaling. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> oh, man, there's... 
<laughs> well, because I'm thinking, you know, I played, I played, uh, obviously, you know, for the Timberwolves for a brief moment, and then uh, the Detroit Pistons. So I'm thinking initially, I'm like, well, heck, I want Chauncey Billups. You know, that's fair. Chauncey, <laughs> Chauncey Billups is a stud. Um, Didn't you play for Bill Cartwright? I'm taking him. Uh, just don't follow him. I don't want him shooting wait, free wait, throws. Wait, hold on, hold on. Bill Cartwright when he was 55, or Bill Cartwright? In his <laughs> that is that is the question. Well, it's it's Rick Rickard at 40, isn't it? What are we getting here? <laughs> no. Um, so okay, let, let's 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 make this simple. Let's just let's just take um, let, let's just take um, the the two teams that I had stints with in the NBA. So I would probably be taking Chauncey Billups. Um, and I know this seems outside of the box here, but I'm taking Antonio McDice. Um, um, so he gets drafted ahead of Kevin Garnett again, but I digress. I didn't expect you to take KG (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not taking, uh, not taking him. I'm shocked. Um, Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, those, uh, those, those two guys right there. And if I have to pick another one, gosh, who am I going to pick? Um, I'm gonna go with Wally because I need a I need a drop dead shooter. Even though Chauncey's a drop dead shooter, but I need I need someone else there. All right, that's fair. So I, was, offense, so I was thinking Thanks of different non NBA teammates of yours. I had Kirk Penny going on your team for sure. Is that crazy? Oh no no no. That's if we're if we're going like uh, non NBA experience, Kirk Penny's definitely probably my number one pick. He was my favorite. He, he's he's like one of my best friends. And See that, Dave? Uh, I know him better yeah, than everybody thought. No, I would have nailed that he's, one. He's yep. solid. He's, he's solid. You know, and, and you know, ironically, I, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was in Japan, I, uh, you remember Brian Cook from Illinois? Of course. Former Laker yeah, Brian Cook, so, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he played nine years in the NBA, and, and he... <laughs> called me up back in 20 what was it 2014 or 2015 and he was looking for a job and I ended up getting him on my team over in Japan so we played together for a little bit over there too I don't know if you knew that or not I didn't very nice very nice so speaking of Brian Cook playing for the Lakers I want to close with this because we probably only got one or two minutes but I want to talk about two iconic franchises in the NBA that are just weird to me this season the Lakers the focal point now is AD do you think this is LeBron's last ride? How many years are we going to be able to ask that question? Because he's still plenty good. And then another iconic yeah. franchise is the 76ers. Management-wise, they're just a mess. Because I'm not going to call James Harden a good teammate at all. But the Sixers have had mm-hmm. problems with Harden, Embiid, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons before that. What is the deal with 76ers management just not able to keep any stars happy? Um, let me start with your first one right here uh, regarding LeBron. LeBron James is someone who absolutely loves, loves, loves the game of basketball. And he wants to play at the highest level and he treats his body the right way. Um, I think, you know, based on what I've read and seen, I think he's, he's kind of inspired by the Tom Brady uh, story, sure. you know, being able to play, you know, until he's 45, uh, I think it was 45 years old, 45 or 46. Um, and I think that's something that LeBron is – wanting to strive to as long as he can continue to play at that high level. I know basketball is a little different than being a quarterback um, on an NFL team, but um, I think... Isn't his son coming out this year too? Well, that's that's the other thing. So um, he said he wanted to play with his son. So I'm guessing that 
he's going to, you know, run out the clock on his Lakers contract and wherever his son goes, I think he's going to try to go there, play with him at least one year. Um, that's assuming that he's going to be healthy enough. I mean, like the guy's just coming off of cardiac arrest. Uh, just what was that? Six months ago. Yeah, or so? Scary moments for his kid for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know as far as, uh, yeah, I think he's going to try to go as long as he can, as long as he's playing at that high level. And he is, he's still one of the best players in the league. As far as the 76ers, man, I'm at a loss. I don't know what the heck is going on there. They, um, I don't think their person. I don't think they have great personalities to begin with. Um, Harden seems a little, a little selfish to me, but to say the least, I think you're right. Yeah, to to, to say the least. And Embiid, I've never been. I mean, he's a great player, not a huge fan, not a huge fan. I think there are you know other players to look up to. It's just my opinion, but. Uh, there you have it. <laughs> That's what I love about these. Rick, yeah. you're one of my favorites. I'll always be a big fan of you, and you don't shy away from any opinions. Let's do this throughout the NBA season. It's always good to talk to you. Say hi to that tennis pro to be your daughter, Pepper, and, of course, your wife, Cece, as well. Uh, will do. Thanks, guys. Great talking with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you to Rick Rickard, one of my favorite Greyhounds. The song is You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Rick was a lot more than that. Coming up next, Vincey Glenn. Oh, yeah, it's a border battle. Vikes-Packers, we preview it next. Stick around. Back on the Northland Sports page, that is the safety dance. That means our favorite safety is up next. Vincey Glenn will be with us to preview Vikings-Packers tomorrow at noon. And, of course, time for two more follows Vikings fan line tomorrow. Steve Petosha and myself will have that one and more football this afternoon. 2 o'clock, John Carlson and myself will have the Hunters and the Hawks at Duluth Denfeld at the Walt for the section semifinals. And now it's Drawing Lines, courtesy of Roll Architecture Studio. Happy belated birthday to him. And he's having Vincey Glenn as the segment today. Happy birthday belated to Vincey Glenn as well. How about that? All these superstars are having birthdays around us, Brian. And then our, our program's having a birthday next week. Right. Again, these are our last shows as five-year-olds. We may act like it for years <laughs> to come. But this show turns six exactly next Saturday. That should be a fun one. Hopefully, Vince will be part of that. Hopefully, our sponsors continue to be part of every show. Well, it's a big deal to be able to have somebody like Vince push, uh, you know, NFL and football ideas on us and help us clarify what we're looking at. We couldn't do that without our sponsors, starting with Comfort Systems, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, Pier B Resort, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, including our locations on Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater, Two Harbors, one in Proctor and one on London Road. Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Krause Heating and Cooling, Your Carrier, HVAC Authorized Dealer, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. Absolutely. Arola Architecture Studio brings you drawing lines each week, drawing lines throughout the game that will be on Sunday on a weekly basis. Seems to be Vency Glenn. And Vency, of course, we talk about games on Sundays, but Vikings got a big win Monday beating San Francisco at home. Now the big thing for me is, don't be the same old Vikings and lay an egg at Lambeau tomorrow. What do you see transpiring there? Because this will be different. Rather than being an underdog, I think there's a lot of people that expect the Vikings to win, but we know Green Bay is never easy, and good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are ever going to be in a position this, this season to predict a win. I think they have to go out and play, and play better in three phases of the game than the other team they play every week to win, and they did that uh, uh, pretty much against San Francisco. Defense played phenomenal. Special teams were special teams, and the offense did what they had to do and uh, really didn't make any big mistakes, and that's the way they have to continue to play to be successful. 
I would agree with that, especially in the house of horrors that has been Lambeau Field. I want to talk to you. Go back to your career, and I want to talk to you about what's your favorite Viking Packer memory, whether it was at Lambeau or at the Dome, because I know you've picked off Brett Favre a couple of times, and I've also seen the video on YouTube of Eric Gulliford's one NFL reception where Jim McMahon and him combined to eventually beat the Packers on a flawed field goal, and there's a camera shot of a guy dancing on the bench in purple, and by the way, he wears number 25. I know exactly who that was. What's your favorite Viking Packer memory, my friend? Actually, I have two of them. Uh, of course, the three interceptions against uh, uh, Favre in 92, uh, but I think it was 93 or 94, we played up in um, Milwaukee at the baseball field. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the baseball stadium, where they have you both, both teams on the same side of the field, and that was yeah. the first time and the only time I've ever done that in my career. And uh, we we beat them uh, uh, on the last play of the game, and I broke up a pass to Sterling Sharp. And then our offense, with only 50 seconds left in the game, proceeded to go out and get the ball right back. <laughs> like 30, 30 more seconds. And on the next play, I take him off to field the game. And I just remember me antagonizing the fans on the way out and just, like, throwing my hands up. I'm like, oh, well, that's just what I do. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed that game up in Milwaukee. Uh, Venti, it's good to finally talk to you again. It seems like we I was gonna say once you two both on the air simultaneously. Water, right? I thought this was the Brian Prudhomme Venti Glenn show for a month. Hey, uh, um, <laughs> Martell is the safety for the Vikings. Uh, he said last week against the Niners, he played actually more linebacker than safety. When you were playing, uh, one, did you often have to do that change change positions like that? And is the change from a safety to like an outside linebacker difficult? Uh. No, I never had to do that, but I do recall one game where I think it was Todd Scott got hurt and they against New Orleans at home and they put me down at strong safety. And after that game, I said I never wanted to do that stuff again. <laughs> it was brutal. Oh, it's just every play, somebody was putting hands on me. It was just like a constant tug of war and a fight. So one, I would never do that. Going from safety to that linebacker kind of position is definitely different. But it depends on what's your, what's your asset. Is it the run game or is it the pass game? And if you're a liability in the pass game, then they'll probably put you down yeah. down there a little more. But as far as, far as Flores, he's an aggressive coach. So he knows if he doesn't stop that uh, San Francisco run game, it's going to be a long day because they ain't going to be tackling McCaffrey downfield. He's strong, he's physical, and it'd be a long game. Then Brock's going to be able to do what he wants. So I think it was by Harrison Smith uh, forcing that fumble early. That was a game changer right there and uh, let him be a little more aggressive and made San Francisco a little more passive. I would agree because the Vikings turned it over on the opening drive again but got San Francisco to return the favor, so to speak. Vince, I want to talk to you about how much you salivate as a safety when you're playing a younger quarterback because Cam Bynum sealed the game essentially twice for the Vikings on Monday and Brock Purdy's had a ton of success, but I think we were reminded of how young he is Jordan Love is obviously very young and susceptible to the mistake as well. If you're playing in the secondary tomorrow, I know that's not a great unit for the Vikings, but aren't they chomping at the bit a little bit to get turnover opportunities? I wouldn't be if I was them. I, I just you got to play to play. You just you just I mean, uh, the quarterback for Buffalo he comes out throws the pick the first play of the game. Uh, right. Uh, 
you know, a couple weeks ago. So those things are going to, going to happen. I would not, I would not put a whole lot into playing Jordan Love as a rookie because you never seen him play, you never seen him run, you never really just had the opportunity to study him. And you're playing a division rival. You know each other well, so it's a it's going to be who who executes the most throughout the game. It's not going to be a, a personal thing. They make football so personal, like it's one guy or two guys that make the whole game, and it's not. It's a team effort, and everybody has to play well. Talking with former Viking safety Vincey Glenn. Vincey, I love that you mentioned the rivalry because, again, with two teams that currently have losing records, it's important to both, but kind of both fan bases have shrugged their shoulders a little bit. Now, the Vikings brought a lot of enthusiasm back by winning Monday night. But with this rivalry, sometimes extracurriculars can take place and things outside the play happen. We'll see with this younger group if there's really that kind of rivalry. But, Dave, I know you have a general question as to when that kind of thing happens, what happens on the other side or what has Vency perhaps seen? Yeah, Vency, we had a play in a high school game last week where a defensive back hit a wide receiver when the on the, the opposite side of yes, the play. Right, where nobody was looking. And I was wondering, um, what's maybe the worst? That's probably the wrong word, but what's the most interesting, you know, kind of garbage non tackle play that that you were ever exposed to? Well, if he did that from on the other side of the field, that's just a cheap shot. So I'll keep it moving on that. But with me, it, it was a pretty much a wake-up call experience. We were playing, uh, I was saying that we were playing the Rams, and uh, Eric Dickerson broke through the line. He got tripped up, and he was stumbling, and I, I, I tapped him down, and the play was pretty much over. But I didn't realize that Newberry, the, the, I think he was either the center or the guard, man, he had a dead beat on him. And by the time I touched Eric Dickerson and looked up, this dude was coming at me 100 miles an hour. And he must have knocked me seven yards in the air. I jumped up. I'm MSing. I'm going off. And I'm like, ref, you see that? That's a cheap shot, blah, blah, blah. And I get to the sideline, and they and uh, I don't know who it was, but they came over to me. It was the best. And they said, hey, Rook, don't stand around the pile. And from then on, I never got touched around a pile again because my head was on a swivel. That's awesome. And I just learned. So, you know, that was one of the moments. But cheap shotting is just not. But the league is letting these guys know, hey, man, all this fighting and all that this crazy stuff you're doing and bringing this extracurricular activities to the league, it's going to cost you. So if you want to, you know, spend all that energy fighting out there on the field and that's fine, but it's going to cost you, and it might cost your team a game, and then you're really going to have things to think about. Yeah, that will be interesting if it ever comes to that. We've only got about a minute left. In fact, even less, Vincey, so I'm going to keep it simple. Give me a score tomorrow. Lambeau Field, never a fun trip on the field anyway. I've heard it's football Americana, but the Vikings on a roll, the Packers not, but that doesn't usually mean a lot. What do you got for a score tomorrow? I really can't pick a score because I really don't even watch the Packers at all, and you know, without Jefferson, you can't. You just don't know what you're going to get with the Vikings. But I do think – I know the Vikings will win. But I, I don't think it will be a high-scoring game. All right. We'll absolutely take that. The defensive stalwart predicts a defensive struggle. We appreciate you. Next week, this show turns so six. Much. You've been a huge part of it. We yep. hope we'll have you again for our anniversary show next Saturday. You got it, pal. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks, That's Vincey. our guy, Vincey Glenn. That is the Northland Sports page for this weekend. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we've got the Hunters hosting the Hawks. 
Section 74A semis. Thank you to their coaches, Eric Lofald, Mike Zagelmeyer. Thank you to Dave Hoops. Thank you to Rick Rickard. Thank you, Dave Cook. We got to go. Thanks, Brian. Bye. It's been a good one. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Time for two more after the Vikes beat the Packers. Vincey said so. See ya.